Hey, welcome back to the podcast. So in today's podcast episode, it will be structured different as a result of me receiving so many questions throughout the week about building a profitable framework for mental health businesses via Instagram, email, and in our dope therapist community. From time to time, I decide to go Instagram live at Dr. TK Psych. And so I just wanted to give you a heads up that the sound and the interaction will sound different. You will hear me at one point answer people's questions in the chat box, but I'll make sure to read those questions so that you can hear them as well, because it may be the same question question that you have. And so if you have a question of your own and you would like that to be answered or considered to be provided on an Instagram live, then feel free to reach out to my team at hello at drtk.com. But let's go right into the Instagram live. Welcome to the Branding for Abundance podcast. My name is Dr. TK. I am a licensed clinical psychologist and success coach. My goal on this podcast is to simply teach you how to proclaim your victory in your relationships, academic and career endeavors, business, money, and your mindset. Learn some simple tools and techniques to brand your life for abundance and live your epic lifestyle. Welcome back to the Branding for Abundance podcast. This is your host, Dr. TK, clinical psychologist and number one therapist, business and branding coach. And so we are streaming live again on Instagram Live on this beautiful Saturday morning. And we are on part two about some mindset hacks for leaving your nine to five job. And so if you are watching live on Instagram or you are listening later on the podcast or on IGTV, I would encourage you to press pause and make sure that you get a pen and a sheet of paper so that you can take notes because what I really want you to do today is identify some aha moments so that you can understand where you are going in your business and maybe why you are stuck and you know what's keeping you at that nine to five and or keeping you within the nine to five mentality because that's what we talked about yesterday. I don't view that there's anything wrong with having a job. It becomes problematic when you have a business and then you're trying to operate as an employee and saying that you're a boss, okay? So what I'm going to talk about today, like as a subtopic, is three ways to take accountability for your level of success and failures. And so accountability is a very big, big word. And yesterday I introduced everybody to the context of my background, where my work ethic came from. And I mentioned something a few times, and some people may have picked it up, where I said, clearly the work ethic helped me for the good, but then sometimes it did not help me. Um, specifically because I could not go to certain family members to talk to them about success and failures in my business because they didn't understand the context of business. And so I'm first here to tell you before I get into the three different areas, because it's going to be a narrative storytelling with some tips, okay, or hacks. So I'm here to tell you one, it is okay to fail. And so it is best that you reflect actually on your mistakes. And that's something that most of us probably learned as a kid that even though you may quote unquote mess up, have a mistake, the goal would be that you learn from that uh, situation so that you don't repeat it again. And sometimes we don't do that, especially in business. And so I personally have experienced a lot of success, but also a lot of failures. Now on my podcast, I've actually talked about a lot of my failures. So On Instagram, it's more like photo, video, in the motion. And so some people, you know, prefer that content. And I just don't like to put everlasting photos in which some people don't read the content. So they'll just look at it like it's depressing, you know. But in a podcast, you are technically listening to the story and the narrative behind it, which is why we are here today. And so my mistakes have really shaped my ability to learn I've actually learned from some of my mistakes by even when I left my nine to five job, which I'll share a piece of that today. 
Um, but it's also helped me grow in my business because I've had to recognize that in order for me to go to each level, there are going to be failures. And my mindset now, which is a bonus hack, is that I am looking forward to the training day, right? Not necessarily even an obstacle anymore, not a barrier. I replace that word with training day because all it is doing is training me to bounce back faster and quicker so that I can make it to the next level because the barriers, quote unquote, will get bigger and bigger with the more money that you have. I'm not saying that there will be more problems. I don't believe in that. But I do believe that there will always be small, medium, or big obstacles that you run into. And the question is, how are you going to handle them? And most of us do not handle situations that come up because we have not cleared our baggage of the past experiences, right? So the first category that I want to share with you is going all the way back to high school. And the reason why I'm not starting with my business first is because I want you, as we talked about yesterday, to identify the patterns of your behavior as to why you are the person that you are today. And a lot of things that have happened in our history, whether it's childhood, teenagehood, adulthood, relationships, work, jobs, those things have shaped the business owner that you are. So I want you to think back to high school, okay? So in high school, I was a good student. I talked about that yesterday, not gonna get too much in detail, but nevertheless, I applied to a few colleges. And so I was accepted to UC Riverside, like some Cal States, I didn't really at that time want to go out of the States. I chose to do that like later as an application process. And I ended up getting into UCR, which is a very small, but very good school. And so I had turned 18 September 6th after graduation. So I graduated at 17 years old. And so during my 11th grade year, when we're talking about accountability, I did not do well in my chemistry class. I did not get a good grade. Literally 85% of the class got the same freaking grade. This teacher had been there since my uncle went to Compton High in 77, okay? And this is 1998. But nevertheless, to take full accountability, I can't blame the man. I really have to blame myself because that's taking ownership, right? So I did blame him back then though. I ain't gonna lie, like I was a kid. And so nevertheless, when you get accepted to a UC, you can't get anything below a C, Now, I think that administration should have saw 85% of your kids got a D or F, something wrong, you know what I'm saying? But nevertheless, we had to take the class over. And so unfortunately, because there wasn't enough teachers, enough budget in the Compton Unified School District for the first summer ever, they did not offer chemistry. And they typically offer chemistry because this guy had a trend of people not passing his class. So all of a sudden they weren't offering it. So UCR sent me a letter and said, if you do not make up this class, then you can't come. And I'm like, okay. And I couldn't make it up senior year because I was taking all the required class because at a UC, you can't really have a half day. I had to go all the way up to calculus, you know? So I had a four year of English, math and AP classes and all that stuff. So nevertheless, fast forward, I graduated, all is good. My mom get me all my dorm stuff, get me a new Dell desktop computer. And I'm literally ready to move out in two weeks. But I get a letter two days before my 18th birthday, September 4th, 1998. I got a letter stating that because you did not make up this class, procrastination, non-accountability, even as a teenager, I end up being rejected from the school. So what I'm also telling you is don't think that you secured the bag all the way because the bag can always leave. Period. Unless you signed on a dotted line and you are sitting your butt in the seat, you are not secure. And so what I learned from that experience is procrastination and not taking accountability will get the best of you. And that taught me never to procrastinate again because that hurt my soul 
And because they were on the quarter system, all the other schools on the semester system, it was too late for me to get into a Cal State or a community college at that time to take a full 15 week semester class. And so your girl was a hustler. I worked like two to three jobs. And then what I ended up having to do is go to school every fall, summer, and spring, because I did start school in the spring at Cal State Dominguez in Carson. And I literally was going to school on the weekends, all during the summer, during winter session to still graduate in approximately four and a half years. And I was taking like 21 units my last like year in college because I did not want to be in college for no five to six years, right? But why am I sharing that with you? Um, I learned how not to procrastinate. I learned that what works in one season of your life will not work in another. So procrastination worked a little bit in high school. Now, overall, I was a good high school student, you know, but I did procrastinate here and there with like reading and studying because a lot of things came easy to me. And that may be part of your story as well. I meet a lot of professionals that say, you know, they get rewarded for procrastinating. Like that is the unfortunate, unknowing negative reinforcement because they still are able to pass classes. Now, I'm not saying that I learned all the story because I was still 18 years old, but nevertheless, when I look back, that is one of the pivotal moments that I actually share with my college students to explain to them that you don't want to play around with procrastination. And so I learned that even me having to double down on classes in college every semester to graduate in four and a half years, that's not something typically that a college student wants to do, right? So that was my first understanding of, oh, nothing is secured. Like, even though I got an acceptance letter, I paid y'all my deposit, I got my student loans, got my dorm, got my stuff from my dorm, got my computer, hell, even got my classes. You mean to tell me you about to reimburse me the money and I can't come? Like, oh, that was the ego blow at 18. So then moving forward to <laughs> famous nine to five, right? So I loved what I did. I was working at the juvenile facilities. And then at one point I worked in the community with the boys and girls who came home, mostly boys. I worked in that community, in that population for about four and a half years. Outside of that, I've worked at community clinics, victims of crime in the community, clinics, schools, a lot of schools, K through 12, a lot of high schools. Okay. So I still was exposed to the same kids, but I was working actually in the facilities from the camps to the halls to then the community. And so what I did not like, and let me know if this sounds familiar, I didn't like management. So it's not like I didn't like probation. I love probation. It's not like I didn't like the kids. I actually liked the challenge. And the kids was like feeling mental health. Like I didn't know mental health was this cool. You know what I'm saying? Because I we were using rap. I was downloading old school instrumentals. And their part of their therapy was to make up a song about what they were going through. And I would let them like journal it out, get a composition book. And I, they would have to leave it in the office. I would review it and be like, mm, you need to expand on this thought. And then as a reward, if I was finished with my caseload, finished with all my paperwork, everybody's reward would be, who want to come into the, uh, to the recording box? My therapy office, right? <laughs> and then they would just drop some lines and it's cool because the hallways would echo so you could hear the kids like rapping and all the kids that were low-key stuck in a room because they got in trouble, at least they were able to listen to some good music, right? So I loved what I did, but I did not like management. I had what's called a micromanager. A micromanager where she had never worked in the facilities. She never came out into the facilities. She did not even respect my title. Um, that I don't even get in that, but she didn't respect my title. Every time I would say, hi, my name is Dr. Jackson to someone else. She would be like, oh yeah, this is Takesha. And I found out that she wouldn't acknowledge any of the psychologists as Dr. So-and-so only if you were a psychiatrist. And I said, oh, that's foul. You got an ego problem, but whatever, you're the manager. So I was paid very well, you know, with overtime working in the County, I was making easily $130,000. 
easy, right? With stuff that I love to do, but I just did not like to go to the meetings. I didn't like to meet with not my supervisor, but his supervisor. And so what ended up happening was because I felt undervalued and I felt like she did not really understand the work that we were doing with these kids and the pressure that we were under with court reports, with our regular caseload, with being on call, with kids saying they about to commit suicide because they didn't got sentenced to camp. And then we got to do intakes with new kids. It's a lot to handle. And it's one therapist per unit up to 65 kids. Come on. Right. So I don't feel like she really understood that. And I really feel like I've valued the managers that I've had that have at least either spent time with us in the units or they used to be a clinician in the position that we're in and then they just move their way up. I respect them more because they have more empathy and sympathy for being in the field. And so nevertheless, I ended up waking up one morning with a panic attack while I was at the juvenile hall. And it was at four o'clock in the morning. You would have, I felt like somebody had died. Like that's how hard I was breathing. Went downstairs, called Kaiser. I talk about that on one of the podcast episodes as far as me leaving my job. And when I decided to go on leave, I went to Kaiser. They took me off for seven days. And at that time, kind of like what I talked about yesterday, trauma will make you pause. And so I had to pause because I had seven days to do nothing at my house and really think about I really been wanting to leave. Maybe this is my opportunity to leave. Did I have a, a for sure exit plan? Hell no. Nah. But my health was more important than this $100,000 job. And truth be told, I had already created a private practice on the side, like part-time. I had two interns low-key developing into a group practice. So I said, maybe this is the time that I need to wholeheartedly focus on my business. No business coach, nothing. Made a whole lot of mistakes, which is why I do what I do. Right. So anyways, after the panic attack, after the Kaiser, seven days off, I decided I ain't going back. So I literally on my seventh day, I faxed over and emailed over a statement saying I ain't coming back. Not no two week notice. I'm not coming back. Right. And so she called me and I was just like, you are so oblivious to like who you are. You got a 60% turnover rate and you asking me why I'm leaving. Come on. Right. So after I left my job, I had a chance to dive into my business. And so, like I mentioned, I made a lot of mistakes, but nevertheless, I brought in 10 K months gross easily and effortlessly. Why? Because I had nothing else to bet on. And that's another nugget embedded in this lesson on the second tip is if you have to bet on you, you always bet a bet that you will win. And that was my only, like, there was no backup plan. Even though I was teaching, I had other streams of income. At the end of the day, I said, this has to work. That is the difference with some of you. And my mindset is that it has to work. Not, I hope it works. You're already putting out there in the universe that it ain't gonna work. I hope I get clients. What kind of client is about to come to you? You don't even sound confident when you talk about your services and your fee. Oh, well, my fees are... You sound not confident, so I'm going to ask you, can I pay $85? You know what I'm saying? So I made my first 10K month literally within 30 days of leaving my county job. I allowed, when I reflected back, I allowed my ego to take over. My ego made me anxious. And what ended up happening was after I got married, and this, mind you, when I left, I had already planned a Hollywood wedding that was not nickel and diamond, Okay. Uh, a part, a wedding party of like 25 plus people, a compound in Hollywood for the wedding party to stay. Okay. A decked out party bus that seats 35 people. I mean, this wasn't no put it together wedding. Okay. And I knew that that was happening. Plus a mortgage, plus a car note, two of them, plus student loans, plus all these other things. Right. I knew that, but your girl had to make it happen. So 10 K didn't cover all of that. I clearly was teaching and had other streams of income, but nevertheless, 
I had no choice but to bet on me. But at one point after my wedding, and then with all this pregnancy stuff coming up, that is in another three-part podcast episode that you can go back and listen to, like in the 80s, podcast number 80s or whatever, I um, started letting my ego take over and it starts saying like, you ain't gonna make it. Let me know if that sounds familiar. Your ego has came in like the Angel Devil little cartoon that we used to watch and it would be like, you know, I don't think you're gonna make it. You got too many expenses. Now you married. Now you got a blended family. You got a child. That's already five. You know what I'm saying? And you want to have a baby. You ain't gonna make it. And you got to pay for benefits out of pocket. This ain't gonna work, Takesha. You need to see if you can go back to that county job. And so guess what? I allowed myself to go back and guess how long I lasted, which showed me that I shouldn't have went back in the first place, but I don't resent it because it showed me that when my ego starts to flare up, I need to check it. But I also need to take time trying to recognize Why am I even allowing my ego to come in? And it was because I was not confident in being a business owner. So I hope that my Dope Therapist Academy students are listening. Some of them are going to hop on at nine o'clock on our call. But this was a topic that has come up in our Q&A feedback, which is they need to shift their mindset. And I'm letting you know that part of your mindset is impacted directly because of your ego. You allow your ego to make you anxious. That makes you do things that you don't have any business doing. You are allotting energy or putting energy into areas that don't deserve your time. That nine to five didn't deserve my time. And on top of that, I knew that something was wrong when they rehired me because I didn't get paid the same amount. They said I was gone for over six months. So I got to go back to like step three when I was at step five, five is the highest step. So I got a $20,000 pay cut. Now, when I was hired, I went back to one of the old supervisors in another program and she said, oh, we're going to, you know, fight for your amount. They didn't fight for shit. They was making sure that they got paid they 150K plus salary. They didn't fight for anything. So please know the only person that can fight for you is you. Okay. So I knew how much I was valued at and I knew that I was valued at more than they were paying me. But I had, I I thought, you know, like I just need to have my mortgage paid, (laughs) you know, my student loans paid. Like I can't defer this no more. And that interest is not a joke. My loans had low key doubled. Okay. So some things happened when I got uh, rehired and nevertheless, I didn't last long in the system. I was there in the County for 43 days and it just didn't work out. And so why am I sharing this with you? What I learned how to do during this season is I learned how to reflect. I learned how to pay attention. I realized that supervisors were throwing me under the bus so that they can cover themselves with these kids and being in jail and trying to commit suicide. You know, they tried to change some paperwork and try to make me change the paperwork. I said, hell no, that's not ethical. I should have knew it was a sign when my paperwork got lost right? So I learned how to pay attention and walk around with my eyes and my ears wide open. I learned how to sit down and reflect and ask myself, what is God in the universe trying to tell me? Because if all these things are falling apart in my first 30 days, I probably shouldn't even be here. And I knew that something, this was the icing on the cake for me. I had no desire to decorate my space. Now, clearly, as you can see, I like to decorate. Even in the jail, my office was a jail cell. I went to Target, got me some fluffy blue carpet for the boys. I got some smell good. And they were like, miss, I got on socks. Can I take off my shoes to rub my feet? Cause I ain't felt carpet in so long. I'm like, yes, you know what I'm saying? Just make sure your socks is clean. You know what I'm saying? And so I like to keep my space feeling safe, feeling good and hell smelling good. Cause jail don't smell good. And so I knew when all these things were going wrong, I needed to slow down like this era and pay attention. This is why I keep telling y'all when I took a quantum leap last year, these are all my methods of preparation. Over the last 10 years, preparation. And I'm not saying that you have to take that long, but this was my journey. 
So after I reflected, this is another nugget is stop blaming. Instead of blaming, you want to look within, like I mentioned and see what can you do that's differently? Should you have even came back? What made you come back so that you can learn from this and not repeat it again? I also had to ask myself, why did I, I allow my ego to take over and make me go back? I did not tap into the best version of me because the best version of me would have even allowed myself to go back to a job because I would have said, not that I'm better than the people, but that I'm better than this. If I don't want someone telling me what to do or better yet, don't value me. I don't want to work under someone who doesn't value me, right? Because I didn't mind actually working in the jail. If it wasn't for that person, I don't know if I would be having launches every other month for Dope Therapist Academy or having all of these coaching programs. I would have some, but maybe not all of them because I still would have been working. So yes, personal development and intuitive development is very key. That is 80% of your business success. And so what else did I learn? I learned that the job didn't define who I was as a business owner, but I had to tap into that. Who is the business owner that I want to become? And what does she look like? How does she show up every morning? What are her routines? That's why I talk about this season. Get dressed. Why were you showing up to your coaching calls or your therapy calls? Hell, even our DTA calls just like looking like, eh, you know what I'm saying? I know there's a day to be casual, but you need to spruce it up some if you ain't getting dressed all week, okay? I also allowed society, my baby boomer mentality family to dictate my outcome. Like, you know, the job is the best thing for you. You know, you got your benefits covered. Now you have a family, you can put them on your benefits. And I'm like, really? Like if I make enough money, I can pay for my own damn benefits and write them off as a tax. <laughs> like write off, right? Now, when an incident happened in the jail that also caused me to leave, which I will not get into, I did a whole podcast episode on it, that's when I actually, boom, woke up, right? And that's what made me leave and never come back. But the crazy part is, like I mentioned, my intuition was telling me that I should have never went back in the first place. And my intuition was also telling me that I should not be staying here and I need not to be here. To make it like a full picture, even my immediate supervisor said, I now watch you online. Why did, you, why did you come back? Like you have all these things going for you. They saw in me what I didn't see in me. So one thing I want to leave you with before I go to the third tip is that you should probably take a moment and reflect on how other people see you, especially if they look at you like you sitting on a pedestal because it should be problematic for you if you cannot see how other people see you at such a higher level. That is a problem right? That is a problem. And yes, stop wearing the cape. As a therapist, you are not to solve other people's problems. I mean, like everybody's problems. You, yeah, solve people's problems, but you are not supposed to solve, uh, you know, everybody's problems. Okay. So nevertheless, I turned in my badge and I was like, I'm out. The lady at HR was like, you don't need to contact your supervisor. I'm like, nah, I email them when I get home. She said, oh, you don't need to go clean out nothing. I said, no, I didn't even decorate my office. That's when I knew I was done. She was like, oh, this never happened before. I said, it's happening today. <laughs> and then I left HR downtown, okay? And went home, didn't have to go pack up nothing. I literally had all my stuff in my car. And so number three, that was nine to five. Number three is exposure to personal development and business coaching on another level, okay? So I, on purpose, I really want you to hear me because some people have seen this in like different Facebook groups, like how do I find the right business coach. And I have like a few podcasts and YouTube videos on that, okay? But I'm gonna break this down in terms of a learning tool for you. So please have your paper if you are seeking another level of coaching and or just a business coach that can understand you, especially as a mental health therapist. So as a person myself where I've made a lot of mistakes, 
I recognized that I wanted to find someone that was eight to 10 steps ahead of me. I did not want to learn from someone who was on my same level because that means we friends, right? That means we're learning the same thing. And so I had went to a few events that was non-mental health related, and I was very inspired by how they spoke about themselves, their level of confidence, their business success, their money success, particularly their lifestyle and how they focused on leaving a legacy, not just to their children, but to the world and population or community that they serve, right? So I was inspired and I think this is a a very good point to make. There's a difference between healthy jealousy and unhealthy jealousy. Healthy jealousy is you're just inspired by them. Like you, you love them. You may try to like mock them to a degree. You got to be careful um, because you don't want to lose sight of who you are. But I found in that season of my life, I mean, I never like hating on anyone, but sometimes you don't even recognize when you hate on people. Like this is a definition of hate um, or jealousy is you join a program with someone. Y'all on the same level. Hell, y'all friends. Y'all done invited each other to this Instagram live or my podcast to listen to it, right? And then all of a sudden, somebody surpasses the other person. And then you're like, wait a minute, what are they doing that I'm not doing? But that's not really what we do first. What we really do is, do they get extra time with the coach that I don't know about? You start making up all this stuff in your brain with your ego that rationalizes why this person is more successful than you. But maybe this person is more successful than you because they have a different mindset and they are doing the work, right? So I didn't hate on this person. I loved it. Um, I loved what they did and what they stood for. I realized that, like I talked about yesterday, that I actually stopped dreaming. I realized that I needed help. I really hope I'm speaking to somebody today. I needed help to go beyond my current level because one of the mistakes that people can make when they're looking for a business coach is that you may be looking for a coach just to keep you stable on your current level. And the purpose of a, like the purpose of even coaching is to move you toward your ultimate vision, not stay at your current level. And so like today, for example, in the academy, I'm going to introduce the students to, because some of them have asked, but I always do this at the end of the program though, is I'm going to introduce them to what the next level looks like. And then I will give them details and then they can ask questions. And then, you know, we will give them some more information as we move along, because now that they're in our community and as a student, they always get like, early bird access to stuff before the general public. So that's one of the benefits of being in our programs is I may say something is of a limited capacity. And we did this last year and the limited capacity went out in seven days before I could even offer it to the public. And I'm like, woo, it's gone, (laughs) you know? So nevertheless, I realized I stopped dreaming. I needed that I need to go beyond my current level. I realized this is very important that they clearly knew something that I didn't know because of where they were. And sometimes that's a hard pill to swallow because you may look at somebody from the outside, look, you know, from the outside, You know, you may judge a book by its cover, like, well, what do they have? And I'm not going to lie. When I went to some events and I saw like who was hosting, I didn't even know the person. But sometimes I was just like, I just want to be curious. What are they doing that I'm not doing? And I didn't go in with like a jealousy tendency. It was just like I was hella curious. And then I was blown away with the information. And those people became my coaches because I was like, you blew me on my seat in the first 15 minutes. I literally felt like the Holy Spirit then came over my life. Right. That's how I felt when I walked into Dr. Stacia Pierce um, event at the W in Hollywood. You know, I was invited to that from a friend and I have a whole podcast episode on that. So I learned how to shift my goals. I solely focused in 2020. So this is going to wrap it up for you because I really want you to also see why I'm so passionate and why I show up the way that I show up. 
So I specifically shifted my focus. Initially, my business was like, I just need to get this money. Not to say I don't care about my clients, but I was like, I need to get this money in my practice because I need to survive. I wasn't thinking about thriving. I heard that from one of my other mentors yesterday in her uh, program. Like she was like, you know, most of us are focused on survival and you need to be focused on thriving. And I'm like, oh, we don't survive, we thrive. I said, oh, I'm gonna use that. That is fire. That was from uh, Catherine Zinkina in the Manifestation Babe Academy. Um, Cause we got access to like this four month portal now cause we did a program last year. It's crazy. As you can see, I'm continuously leveling up my mindset. And truth be told, you have to listen to the same information even if it's brought up in a different context over and over again, because odds are depending on the season you are in in your life and in your career, your business or relationships, you are going to hear it differently. Does this sound familiar? How many of you have listened to something or watched something? You're like, oh, even me, like, oh, she's talking about the same thing. Even in DTA, you know, we have alumni come back and you're like, oh, they're talking about niche again. But then because you're ready to really dive into your expertise, because when you first hit the academy, you didn't have any type of blueprint. You didn't know what you were really doing. You were just seeing clients talking about niche was like too much for you when you first went into the program. That's why I say come back to the alumni calls. And depending on what topic we talk about, you definitely need to come back because you're going to hear the information differently, right? Or hell, you just going to hear it because you didn't hear it the first time, right? It's just like in and out, in and out overload, <laughs> right? So what I did is I shifted my focus. Um, around 2019, I drew up this whole big vision and my vision was scary. My vision was scary. My vision on my board in 2019 was to manifest from going from $27,000 in my coaching business. I said, I'm about to manifest 350. I don't know how. I just wrote a check. That was the number that came in my head is 350,000. I didn't walk away from the board saying, ooh, I'm not gonna be able to travel to Dubai or Paris. Ooh, I'm not gonna be able to manifest a baby. I had a whole lot of stuff on my board. And honestly, 75 to 85% of it was manifested. The other things that weren't manifested were not in my control because it was the universe or God not wanting me to have a baby right now. And or it was COVID. <laughs> okay, so like had no control of that. So I would say that, hell, I manifested my whole board, you know? So nevertheless, in 2020, I specifically shifted my focus and I dove deeper into purpose, intentional living, waking up intentionally with an intentional plan. I focused on reach. If you have a business page on Instagram, this should sound familiar. I focused on reach and impressions. I wasn't focused on money. Now, I'm not saying that I didn't have a money goal. I'm not saying that I didn't have launch goals, but I wasn't attached to the goal. I didn't no longer feel like, oh, this launch for my program better go right or I'm a failure. I didn't do that. I literally detached so much where I was partying in my home, ordering Ruth Chris, cause we can pick it up from you know Ruth Chris during COVID. But I told my husband, I said, we're gonna throw a party. And it was the week of the finals with the Lakers or whatever, cause you know, it was postponed. And he was like, we're gonna throw a party. I said, yeah, I wanna get some balloons and stuff. And I wanna throw a party. So I had my mom come out. She didn't know why she was coming out, but I said, I need you to come out because I'm about to do something big. And it was literally that night after my mom left, after we watched the Laker game, something told me, check your numbers. Check how much you made this launch because all of my other launches have made like 12,000, 15,000. That was my first 50K month in July. Now, mind you, I said I made $27,000 the previous year. Mindset is everything. I had the tools. I had been with my business coach for three years at that point. I had already been part of another mastermind for three years to that point. I had taken numerous online courses, but what was missing was my mindset. So if we link this back to accountability, leaving your nine to five, it is your mindset. If you want to link it to your pricing, it is your mindset. If you want to link it to attracting your ideal clients, it is your mindset. It is not the clients not coming. It is not God punishing you. 
It is not, you're not valued. You don't value yourself. It is all mindset. So I learned that when I started shifting my mind to focusing on reaching the people who I wanted to serve and being okay with my niche for my DTA students, because at first I was like, I don't know if this niche going to work because therapists don't even understand investing beyond their college degree. They were never introduced to this. So what I had to learn is I had to slow down my thinking process and understand that not every therapist is going to be me. Even I wasn't me signing up for coaching. I was invited by somebody that just got exposed on accident. So that means that I had to expose therapists to what is out there and what is possible. And that's when I became the number one therapist, business and branding coach, because I said, why not be the person who not only can help them open up a profitable private practice or rebrand the one that they have. Why can't I be the one that they go to for streams of income as it relates to HIPAA compliance, ethics, APA, and being a therapist? Why can't I be that person? That's mindset. You can be whoever you want to be in a saturated environment or not. There are hella business coaches. Clearly I had them. But what makes me different is that I am you and I was you. I can be, I was in your shoes. Literally, if we want to talk about divorces, boom, been there. We want to talk about blended family, drama, boom, been there. We want to talk about infertility, boom, been there. And that's on a personal level. Do we want to talk about all these mistakes, losing money in your practice, hiring the wrong damn people, hiring too many people, losing $50,000 on payroll, can't pay yourself, been there. So when I tell you that one of the reasons why my clients are attracted to me is because one, I am fully transparent. One of my friends, when she went to Vegas with us for the retreat last year, she was like, when we, when the people left, she was like, I ain't never seen somebody be this damn transparent. And it come across like in such a learning way, because typically people may be turned off if you are transparent to the point where there's no learning. So like I clearly share my obstacles that I've experienced, but the trick is I've also taken the time to overcome them. That is the difference. That is the difference between you airing out your dirty laundry on podcast, YouTube, or your Instagram. This is not your journal. But I choose to carefully only share the things that have a ending so that I can teach you because I've learned when I have sat down in meditation, that is actually my gift. My gift is teaching. And guess what? When I've done some intuitive learning, some personality uh, type test online, Guess what is the continuous outcome? Even human design, if you heard of human design, it always says you are a teacher, right? And I'm like, come through Jesus, right? So I start focusing on reach and impressions and I recognize this. I asked myself in the beginning of 2020, especially in March when COVID happened, how many people can I get in front of that I can explain how what they learned in school will not get them to a higher level in profits in a business. You did not go to school to learn how to be a therapist to then flip the script and say you a business owner. You can be your own little boss. And I know that you may, some people may not like my style. And I'll always say, if I ain't your cup of tea, don't coach with me. Bars, <laughs> right? I am not a good match for a lot of people. Well, I ain't gonna say a lot of people, but some people. And what I find is that I'm not a good match because I will tell you how it is. I'm a straight shooter and I do it in a loving way. You know what I'm saying? Like when we sharing wins and I'm giving people feedback on our coaching call, I ain't coming like at them, but I'm going to straight up. If I sense it, I'm going to say, you know, I don't think your pricing is about the clients that come into your office. I think your pricing has everything to do with potentially 
I don't know your history, your money story maybe. As a therapist, you can pick this shit up. And this is why also I'm good at what I do because we've learned listening skills. We've learned reflective skills, right? So I incorporate that into coaching. So I believe that and I know that I am literally a walking testimony for other mental health therapists. And that literally came in my meditation about two years ago when I was journaling one morning. I just started, my hand just started moving. I guess that's when they say that the Lord took over. And I started scripting and literally what started coming on paper is, this is literally, I'm getting a chill saying it. It said, you have a story to tell. You are a walking testimony. Don't you dare say that you are not of value to therapists. Don't you dare say that you're going to go and just be a generalist and serve everybody. No, those therapists are looking for you. They need you. And I had to take a moment and believe that because that's a hard pill to swallow. That's a lot of damn responsibility, right? And so I had to push my ego to the side and really recognize that if I had a vision and if I'm getting a picture in my meditation and if these things are coming out on a sheet of paper, this is God. This ain't nothing else but him telling me If you see the vision, I can make it come true, but I need you to do the work though. But I simply need you to say it is done and that you have faith in me. Literally, this is what you need from me. I need you to bring it over to me. I need you to drop it in my hands. Please listen to me if you're having a hard time right now, leveling up in your mindset and in your business. Please listen to this part. The reason why it's not working for you is because you're not doing this. I know on the podcast, you can't see me, but what I'm doing is I'm holding something in my hand and I'm walking it over to your higher power and I'm supposed to drop it in his hand or her hand or its hand, whatever you got, right? Whoever you believe in, there's no right or wrong. Like in my world, you can believe in whoever you want to believe in that gives you faith to work on you, okay? And a lot of you are doing this. You are taking it over, you dropping it in a hand, and then you like, oh, no, 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 I'm not ready, I'm not ready, I'm not ready. This is what happens every time, every cohort we have for the DTA open launch never fails. I get somebody in my DM or on my email system that says, when you gonna offer the next one, you know I missed this one. Well, I mean, damn, you didn't miss the last five. You've been in my inbox five times. How many more are you going to miss? I can't help you. That's something you have to go through. The reason why I present the information as I do, like in this boot camp that I'm doing on Monday, is that I'm a teacher. So I help you assess you. If you show up to my boot camp, you will quickly realize I'm not the one to tell you you need to be in my program. No, I'm going to take you through a thorough intake on your damn business and your mindset. I'm going to tell you based off of what I know that works from a proven framework in the Dope Therapist Academy that open doors for five days. It is not opening for seven, just so y'all know. It ain't opening for 14. It is opening from not this Monday, but next Monday for five days. So if you wanna learn about it, you need to for sure show up to this bootcamp, tell your little therapist friends about it because we're doing the bootcamp a little different on Instagram Live because I found that therapist, y'all probably don't like the computer screen right now because of like, telehealth, you know, I didn't realize that. And I'm like, I haven't had that many people sign up. Then when I moved it to Instagram, boom, people signing up. And I'm like, oh, okay. You know, so we'll have it live on Instagram on Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and Saturday. That link is in my, in the link in my bio, or you can just go to drtk.com forward slash bootcamp. Boom, sign up. The purpose of signing up is to get the workbooks because you will hear me talking. There will be no slides, but you need the workbook. Okay. So after I focused on reaching impression, I hope that I gave y'all something because I kind of went on a tangent Um, and understanding that therapists need guidance um, and realizing that I'm a walking testimony. 
I believe that from a personal and business, like from some setbacks that I've experienced and by having faith and believing that it's already done, I needed to share this information with you. So um, let me scroll up the feed for those of you on podcast, like be patient with me. I'm just going to scroll up to see. I see a lot of motivation. Yes, TK. Hey, Monique, girl. I see you in live today too. Uh, check out Monique, y'all, for PR. You know what I'm saying? Mental health professionals have expanded from institutional academic mindset that is directly proposed for being an employee. Yeah, it's a broken system. It is definitely a broken system. But what I mentioned yesterday is that if you really look at it, we could talk about like marketing. If you are marketing a product, you need to have a guarantee and your guarantee is linked to your solution. Like what are you solving? That's what we talk about in DTA and in elite coaching. So you have to know what you're solving in order for somebody to pay you your value. Okay. So what the schools guarantee you is what? A degree. What do internships guarantee you? Training and hours in exchange for your time. Like they sign off. What does a job guarantee you? Potentially good benefits. Maybe a vacation. Maybe PTO. Maybe you get to go to some CEs because some of them don't want to let you go. Some of them don't even reimburse you if you want to go. Especially if it's not related to their job. They are operating in their pillars, their mission for their business. So please, I really hope about what you got from this because remember the topic was accountability. So please get off. I'm telling you today, please do not allow yourself to say these words. My graduate program should have taught me this information. Look at your tone. You're already bringing into negative energy, blaming a system in which that was not their guarantee. That's never been their guarantee. Now, as a student body government president in my grad school, if students said that they wanted something, we would give it to them. If it was in the budget as more of a weekend workshop. And that's what we requested. Closed mouths don't get fed. So guess what? If you were in graduate school, because all schools got a student body, all schools got a pot of money for activities. You may not know about it, but they have it. So I dare you as a student government president of my doctoral program and professor, don't tell me that the school didn't deliver on their promise because they did. I need you to take accountability that you have not delivered on your promise. If you want to be a business owner, you need to go find business ownership information. You need to implement it. If you were my student, you need to log your butt in the portal. If you're lost, Go watch the replay. We got timestamps. I pay people to write timestamps for a reason. If you left early, go to where you left off. Simple. If you are lost, go to the community. I'm not the only one that got the answer. Hella other students have done what you're doing. That's why we let alumni come back because they serve as mentors. And to me, it also gives them the understanding, damn, I done came far because they are able to answer the new students' questions when they had the same question when they came in. We have a community. So if you want to, one, come to the bootcamp, first of all, just show up at 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. If you want to get reminders via email, make sure you sign up at drtk.com, spell out drtk.com 
forward slash bootcamp. You can click the link in my bio. It's the only link right now. As of Monday, that link will come down. As of Tuesday, the link will be non-available because you won't be able to get the workbook because then you'll be behind. But that doesn't mean that you still can't show up. We will have a bonus Q&A session on that Saturday at eight o'clock like I did here. And then I'll have my last DTA call at their graduation call. We're talking about delegation, hiring. Um, and I have like some cool announcements for them. And then of course, if you're wanting to, or you've been waiting to join the Dope Therapist Academy, you definitely show to the bootcamp. Um, watch the replays, they'll be available IGTV, but it, it, it may feel different, you know, live. Um, you can ask questions live, but it don't mean you can't like ask questions later. Okay. But we will open enrollment for the Dope Therapist Academy the following Monday at like 6 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. And it will shut down on Friday at 11.59 Pacific Standard Time. There will be no extension. There will be no, oh man, her last open enrollment was 14 days. Mm-mm, we ain't got time. I need these students to start the first week of April. We are going to a five-week format. There are five levels. You will have five calls. And this upcoming cohort, you will actually have what's called a reflective week. So you will meet week one and two. We will have a reflective week because I'm having a CE workshop. You are welcome to come. You can buy a ticket to that. It's APA approved. We'll talk about that in the DTA. And then we come back for week three, four, and five. It's that simple. If you want help in your business, it's that simple. Push your ego to the side because like I mentioned, what happens is people know that they need the help. And then all of a sudden they're like, Ooh, I don't know. I'm scared. I don't know if it's going to work. It ain't going to work because you don't want it to work. So a question came through. Thank you, Monique. This is good. Is this only for therapists? So today's topic, even though I mentioned therapists, honestly, a lot of my podcasts, YouTube and Instagram technically be applied for any business owner because I mainly focus on mindset. Anybody can come to the boot camp. What I will say though, as a disclaimer is day one, we'll be assessing a private practice, but I'm gonna be real, some of the questions, just to make people think if you know people, like with branding and marketing, I will be talking about systems. And to me, as you know, business needs systems. Like we have email marketing systems, we have online course systems, we have people working for us in our team systems, we have onboarding, hiring systems, we have branding systems, marketing systems, paperwork systems. So in that aspect, the bootcamp will be covering all of those topics to give an assessment because the goal would be at least for therapists that are interested in making their practice profitable or just opening up the doors to one because it's open for both is that I want people to show up and be fully transparent and be ready to truly assess where they are because your grade after we are done, because you're going to grade yourself, your grade will dictate if you need to be part of the academy. I really hope that you respect the way that I host my master classes or workshops because I do them in a form, I hope that it's being delivered this way, in a way that makes you think. I'm not here to lecture. I don't, I don't want to lecture. I feel like if I wanted to lecture, I mean, I could just pre-record a video and upload them every week. I just do one minute little tips, <laughs> you know, throughout the week. So awesome questions. Does anyone else have any clarifying questions? Because the next time that I'm going live is on Monday, 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, drtk.com forward slash bootcamp. If you are already part of DTA, as our community, I would encourage you to invite people because you know your results already. I've seen them. The results are crazy. And I'm going to celebrate these therapists on Monday. And for my DTA students who are watching, the winner of that contest is going to be announced during the boot camp. Ooh. So they had a homework assignment and we turned it into a challenge. 
and they're going to have a contest and then they're going to have another contest at the end. But I will tell them that next Saturday. All right. So I got to get prepared y'all to hop on this DTA call. Um, I thank you so much. If you're listening on the podcast later, if you want to check out the bootcamp by the time you are listening to this, feel free to head over to Instagram and it will be on my IGTV. If you are watching live, make sure that you sign up. It starts on Monday. It will be available on IGTV only for a short period of time. I typically do not keep up the boot camps after um, because I typically offer them throughout the year, but then the format may look a little different. So um, I want people to feel fresh and get the information fresh. Okay. So typically we leave the replays up for about seven days. All right. The boot camps will be up to an hour. So carve out from four to five. We will not go over an hour um, because I take pride in my evenings with my son. But I do recognize that because I am serving therapists, a lot of their clients may be in the morning. Some of them are in the evening. But again, it's on replay. All right. But if you want that workbook, though, make sure you sign up, please. I'm being real. Don't email me on Thursday saying, can I get a copy of the workbooks? The answer will be no. Okay. All right. So you all have a prosperous weekend. Enjoy whatever weather you are around. Um, Make sure that you think about what we talked about today and recap. We talked about accountability. I shared with you that failure is part of the process. Think about it as training day. I talked to you about issues with high school and procrastination. Procrastination don't get you nowhere. I talked about my nine to five and listening to my intuition. My intuition told me not to go back and I did and it slapped me in the face. Ended up having a panic attack. And then I shared how being exposed to personal development and business coaching taught me a different mindset on another level, but I also sought out people that were eight to 10 steps ahead of me, okay? Because they clearly have something that I don't. And that's what I wanna leave you with. So you're welcome. Thank you for enjoying this. And I will see you in DTA or see you on the coaching call today or see you in the bootcamp next week. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast episode today. I am super excited to see your growth in your business, career, money, and relationships. Be sure to check me out on Instagram at Dr. TK Psych, where you can find daily inspiration and tips to live your abundant lifestyle. 